Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, Father, to worship you and to fellowship. Father, we pray now that this word will go out. It will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. So uh, <clears throat> this guy went to a movie theater, and when he sat down, he was ready to watch the movie. And right before the movie came, started, this lady came in with a big old dog. And she sat on the front row and set the dog up in the seat beside her. In the entire movie, the dog watched the film just like it was a person. And he was just in awe. He almost got distracted from the movie watching the dog. He said, I got to say something. So after the movie was over, he, he stopped late on the house and said, Ma'am, ma'am, can I just tell you how amazed I am, how your dog watched the movie so well? And the lady said, well, actually I was too. He hated the book. <clears throat> I figured out my kids' fake laugh for me when I tell jokes just where I don't feel bad. <clears throat> All right, so um, uh, Christmas is coming and going, but we still got a little bit of Christmas story to talk about. Um, and, and the title is, the title is I Am. And I want to go back, and, and it's two really good examples of, of what people said and how it changed the path of history um, in the Christmas story, right? In the power of our words and what we say and what we don't say. So if you will, I know you probably have heard all of the Gospel of Luke this week, but let's go back to the Gospel according to Luke. Um, but we're going to start with the first chapter. Um, Luke 1, 11, And then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar, and when Zechariah saw him, he, <clears throat> he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer, your prayer, what you have been praying for has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a child or a son, and they will call him John. All right? So he tells them all of these wonderful things about where John's going to go and what John's going to do, and he'll be filled from the Holy Spirit since he was born, and he will bring back many of the people of Israel to love their God. And in verse 18, Zechariah then asked the angel, how can, you be sure of, how can I be sure of this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So, I mean, I don't know if y'all ever had an experience with Gabriel standing in your presence. I would think I have heard it by now if you did. But let's just say that the angel of God is standing there and telling you, well, number one, he addressed you in your name. He addressed your wife by her name. And he knew what you were praying about. I mean, that's... Pretty good understanding to know that this is from the throne of God. And instead of Zechariah saying, Whew, thank you, Lord, I've been praying for it for years. I'm so happy that my prayer is going to be answered and fulfilled. I mean, I'm not. I'm, it's your prayer. This is what you've been praying for. I, I know you're old, but you've been praying for this child for a long time. And Zechariah is a priest, right? He's supposed to know God's word. He knows that. He should have known that Abraham was a hundred and had a kid. But Zechariah says, how can this be? I, I don't understand. There's no way that this is possible. And so Gabriel says, I, I stand in the presence of God. Do you understand who I am? I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. I, I left God's presence to come here to tell you exactly what you wanted Exactly what you've been praying for. 
And still, Zechariah could not believe it and would not accept him. And he doubted God, right, in his thing. How can this be? I'm old. You don't understand. Maybe you're talking about somebody else's Zechariah. Maybe it's a different Elizabeth. Maybe this is a different. No, no, no. This is you. This is for you. It's a blessing from God for you. And because the angel understood the power of what we believe in our heart and say with our mouth, what happened? Everybody know? Zachariah's mouth was shut. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. Why? Because if you start to curse and condemn and come against God's blessings in your life, it will stop them from manifesting. His words would have stopped John the Baptist from being born. Too valuable piece of the puzzle. God did not leave it to chance. So Gabriel said, fine. You want to know how it is? You don't get to talk about it. And you know that Granddad E.P. used to say that you, was, you needed to be quiet because you could be quiet. And I don't know exactly how he said it, but I've heard it multiple ways. But if you were quiet, they could just think you were an idiot instead of opening your mouth and proving that you was an idiot. But if Zechariah would have just stood in God's presence and been quiet, nothing would have changed. But he didn't. He, inter- he engaged his tongue and doubted God and became silent. Now, here's the thing, right? Let's see what it says. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son. So I don't even know if she's pregnant yet, right? This is the announcement that she's going to be pregnant. She ain't been pregnant yet. She's going to be pregnant. All right? So if we come on down... Because there's two really good examples of this in the same chapter. Uh, if you come on down to the 26th verse. And in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel. So I don't know how long it took for Elizabeth to get pregnant, right? There was a little gap of time there. But in the sixth month, Gabriel went to Nazareth in a town called Galilee to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored, for the Lord is with you. And Mary, I mean, she didn't, she wasn't comfortable with what was going on, right? Verse 29 says, She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. For you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. All the same stuff, right? The same exact thing he told Zechariah in the temple, he's telling Mary who he's going to be, what he's going to do, and where he's going to come from. And Mary asked a different kind of question. She asked a physical question. How will this be? Not, I don't believe what you said. How will this be? Because she understood the husbandry part of this, that there is a physical thing that has to take place for me to become pregnant. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth have been married for years and years and years and years and years. So you, that part was understood with Zechariah. Zechariah said, he didn't ask, how will this be? He understood the concept of it. He just said, how is that possible? Not how, what can I do to make it happen? How is it possible? Mary said, wait a minute. How can this be since I am a virgin and have not met it known a man? <laughs> so, angel, so the angel Gabriel said, oh, it's... Glad you ask. It's simple. The Holy Spirit's going to come unto you. You are going to conceive this child. He's going to be the Son of God. And everything's done. So what would have happened 
if Mary would have responded the same way to Zechariah did. I mean, it would have been bad, right? It would have been bad for her. The story wouldn't have been near as fun to tell. But the power of her words and, and what she says is he tells her all of this stuff that the Holy Spirit's going to come on you and, and all of this stuff and tells her about Elizabeth and, and all the things that are going on. And in verse 38, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled in me. I agree with what you got to say, boss. Whatever it takes, I want that. See, that's the kind of Christians we should be. We should be the, I don't care what it looks like. I understand that maybe, see, that's the thing, right? There was a physical part of this missing. And Mary asked, you know, what are we going to do with this physical part? And the angel said, oh, you don't worry about that part. I got that part taken care of. And she said, well, I'm the Lord's servant, and I want to do what you want me to do. So let it be done the way you say how many times would we not be in the situation that we are in if we had the same opinion as Mary did when you ask, well, how, Lord, how can this be? And God tells you, and you go, okay, fine, whatever you say I want to do. I, I want to be in your will. I want to do what you told me to do. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to be the person I'm supposed to be. I don't care how it looks. I don't care how it acts. I don't care how it tastes. I want to be who you want me to be. Because let me tell you, if we were in that, if we were led to be in that group of people, that answer is, is I want to be, let it be done the way your word says it needs to be done. We would be in a whole lot less stuff going on around us. A lot of the attacks of the devil would really stop if we stopped running our mouth. <clears throat> now to the title. We talked a couple weeks ago, I think that was a couple weeks ago, about the names of God. And we talked about in Exodus 3.13 where the burning bush and, and, and Moses said, well, wh what name am I going to tell him? And God said, I am that I am. Right? He is I am. Well, see, one of the most powerful statements that you can make starts with I am. One of the most powerful declarations that you can make starts with I am. Because if you say, I am, the next few descriptive words forges your future. However, I am, right? All right, so Proverbs, let's turn to Proverbs. Let's, let's, let's get the, the spiritual part of this understood, right? So Proverbs, <clears throat> chapter 18, verse 20. So Proverbs 18, 20, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach will be filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. For the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what we say drives our life. Everybody agree? Nobody lost? Everybody understand? What we say with our mouth drives our future. So when you use the statement, I am, I hope whatever comes after that is what you want to be. Because if it's I'm too dumb or I'm too old or I'm too fat or I'm too slow or, I, I mean, not that y'all would say that. I'm not smart enough for that job. I am not young enough to have these kids like this. I am not a good enough parent. See, it's not what I say over your life directs your life. 
Because I can stand here and build you up and build you up and build you up. But that's not how it works. When God said, let there be light, he didn't think, hmm, boy, it would be really good if somebody were to say, we need some light around here. He said, let there be light. The creation of the universe came out of the words of God. So the creation of your life and what you're living in right now comes out of your confession. So when we use the I am, that's what you got. Miss Cricket told me this morning before church, she, she had talked to one of her friends in North Carolina, and she had been kind of down a little bit, and she listened to her friend from North Carolina, and she said by the time she got off the phone with her, she said, I am well. I am healthy because the lady had told her about this surgery and that surgery and this was wrong with her and that was wrong with her. And Miss Cricket said, I, I am well. That's a good confession. Sometimes it takes a little bit of perspective. Sometimes it takes a little bit of perspective to understand what the I am is because I am blessed. Because when you listen to the stories of the Cal and Lacey folks or the whoever's. I mean, you don't have to pick those folks. You can pick any. I am blessed. <clears throat> so when we start to use the words, I am, we have to be really particular over what comes next. Now, did y'all know that Jesus used the words, well, I mean, it was not probably in English, but he used the words, the phrase, I am, seven times in the New Testament? Not a single time did he say, I am not good enough. I am not what I'm supposed to be. I am not where I'm supposed to be. Not a single time. Do y'all know that? Did y'all know what he said? So I'm just going to go through them because we're not going to go to every scripture unless you really want to in your fast. Um, but Jesus said, I am the bread of life, John 6, 35. He said, I am the light of the world, John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the door, John 10, I think that's 9, I wrote that in a hurry. He said, I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11. He said, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. He said, I am the vine, and everything is fed through me, John 15, 1. Not a single time did he say, I am not good enough. I am too old. I am not where I'm supposed to be. I am not where I, what God wants me to be. Not a single time. Every time he made a declaration, it was blessings and life and promises. The I am's that he used were building up the kingdom of God. He didn't say, I am disappointed in y'all and y'all not do a very good job. He did say a couple times, oh, ye a little faith. But every time he used the words, I am, he was proclaiming God's word over his life. All of those things had been prophesied about what he was going to be, and he was fulfilling them when he said, I am. So I know you say, well, yeah, well, that was Jesus, and he had the power of God. Oh, really? He's my daddy, too. He's my daddy, too. I, I, I live in the same household. I'm in the same family. I'm in the same lineage. So then what I am should we be using? I know what the I am's we are using is, is I'm not enough, or I, I don't have time, or I'm too busy. Oh, that's a good one. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to read my Bible. I'm too old. I'm not smart enough to understand what it actually means. 
I am never enough. I mean, I, I, you know, whatever the I am's you are. I mean, not, not you. I mean, that's, you know, probably somebody says that. We have to be mindful of what that statement is, especially when it starts with I am. I'm too fat. Are you still breathing? Are you still above ground? Are you still getting up in the morning and moving forward? Now, could I lose a pound or three? Oh, yeah. But I am a child of the Most High God. Galatians 3.26. I am a child of God. I have a list of I am's that we're going to talk about too, right? But see, the Bible gives us a list of promises, right, of who we are and what we're made out of and what we are supposed to look like and how we're supposed to talk and how we're supposed to act. And when you start using those I am's, <clears throat> when we use those I am's, you line up with God's word and start to have something that you didn't have. But when, you know that we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and Y'all know that, right? So, so how, does, how does the devil curse you? Anybody know? How does the devil curse you? I mean, I, I mean does he like grab hold to you? Is it a physical assault? I mean, you, you've been in like, you know, Jacob and the angel. Y'all got any, any kind of fisticuffs lately? No. What, what happens? It's the battlefield of the mind, right? And then you, you, you have all this stuff going on in your head and you start to doubt and contemplate what God's promises are or you don't even give it that step and you just immediately repeat what the devil says. And then what happens? Where does that come from? Where, what, where does that go? When, when Satan attacks you, how, I mean, how can he curse you? He can't. Proverbs says that, that life and death is in the power of your tongue. You don't have control over somebody else's tongue. You have control over your tongue. Actually, James says you can't really even control your tongue, but you should. So when you start to, ooh, I'm going to step on some toes, sing the songs or quote the movies or say the things that the world says over and over and over, and then all of a sudden you start reaping the fruit of that. Whose fault is it? The devil made me do it. That's what Sammy Davis said, right? The devil made me do it. No, you just opened your fat mouth and said it. You declared it over your life. You have control of what you are. You, I mean... I mean, maybe not you two, and probably not you two, but the rest of y'all get up when you want to, go to bed when you want to, eat what you want to, drink what you want to, drive what you want to. I mean, don't you? I mean, there ain't one standard vehicle. Everybody has to drive the same car, right? I mean, if you look outside, there's all kinds of different ones. Now, apparently in our family, if you buy one in the last five years, it's got to be silver. But other than that, I mean, you get to pick whatever you want to pick, Right? I mean, you drive you. You decide where you go. You decide who you're married to. You decide where you work. Now, you might make up some excuse that says you don't have that ability, but you do. If you want to pack your stuff up today and go down to Charleston Airport, take what little bit of money you got and buy you a plane ticket, you go anywhere in the world you want to go. Anywhere. You drive you. You are free. God made us with a free will. 
So when you say, I can't because I have to, no, no. You choose to. Now, do you have responsibilities of being a parent or a spouse or employer, an employee? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But you don't have to be in that business. You don't have to be in that field. If you don't like what you're doing, change. You still got breath in your lungs. You still got time to change. You drive your life. I want to drive my life according to God's word and what it says about me. Right? That's, that's where I want to be. But when you start saying, I am... Because a lot of times we say, like, you know, I am a dental hygienist, or I am a lineman, or I am an engineer, or I am a grocery store worker. Or I, no, 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 you're not. You're a child of God. That's what you do for your job. You don't have to do that for your job. You could go do whatever you want to do for your job. You want to be an artist or, or a photographer or a ballerina or, I mean, I'd probably not make the ballerina cut, but, I mean, you drive you. I mean, Mary Page cheers in the gym. They got a team that's an open team. Open team means there's no age requirements. Dude's 52 years old. He is a cheerleader. He does not look like a cheerleader. He is not built like a cheerleader. When he goes across the mat, he is a cheerleader, buddy. He can do flips and cartwheels and all kinds of stuff that I probably don't know all the names to. Why? Because that's what he wants to do, right? We are not welded into who we are. But what we have to do is, is focus on what we use the words I am. So here are the I am's that I think we should use. If you take notes, this would be a good time to do so. Here again, not going to go to all of these scriptures. We're just going to talk about them. I am the head and not the tail. Deuteronomy 28.1 I am strong and not weak. 2 Corinthians 12.10 I am healed. Past tense. 1 Peter 2.24 I am saved because I believe in my heart and say with my mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, Romans 10.10. 10. I am more than a conqueror, Romans 8.37. I am an heir and a joint heir with Christ, Romans 8.17. I said it earlier. I am a child of the living God, Galatians 3.26 and 27. I am justified with Christ, Romans 5.1. See, those I ams, that's who, we are all, that's who we're supposed to be. And when you start saying those things over your life, that I am the head and not the tail, I am strong and I am not weak, I am healed, I am saved, I am justified, I'm a joint heir with Christ. That didn't come from the throne of the devil. That come from the throne of the Most High God. And when you start to use those words, I am blessed going in and I am blessed going out here again in Deuteronomy 28. I am blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Now, all of my flock is best and they are fruitful and they will multiply. I am. I will give and it will be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I am a child of the Most High God. Do you not know who I am? I am. See, when we serve a God that says, I am, we'd be silly not to follow it up with some real good statements of who I am. I have been chosen. Now, he does say we are a peculiar people. I, if you look from my point of view, he would probably agree with that statement pretty regularly. But when we start to use God's word in our life, I mean, David said, I'm 
I was young once and now I'm old and I have never seen the children of God beg for bread. But when you see poverty, when you see lack, when you see hurt, when you see all of the terrible stuff going on in the world, I promise you, if you go down deep enough, you will find somebody who is prophesying and confessing that over their life on a daily basis. We'll never have nothing. I ain't never going to make it out of this job. I won't live to be 70. <clears throat> I told you all this before, but I'll tell you again. My grandfather spent most of his life, my granddaddy Valentine, spent most of his life, if he said it once, he said it a thousand times, that God promised me 70 years plus a couple for strength. He died when he was 72 years old. He said it my entire life. He said it all the time. He didn't say it like it was a death sentence. He said it with joy and a smile. God promised me 70 years plus a couple for strength. He died at 72, and we were shocked until it was years later that I was praying one day, and God revealed it to me. He got exactly what he said, exactly what he said. With long life, he satisfies me. My body is restored and healed. I am filled with the joy of the Lord. Those are the things we ought to be saying about ourselves. Not what the world says about us, not what the devil says about us, not what the songs say about us. We need to be saying what God says about us. And when you start talking about what God says about us, all of a sudden we get stronger, we get <clears throat> easier to deal with, we become better Christians, we become better spouses, we become better parents. When you start reading the Bible and putting God's word into what you say on a daily basis, it builds us up. It does not tear us down. God's word is a creative force that builds us up. Satan's word that he, that he gives you and you like to say it, tears us down mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. The more we say it, the more we get exactly what we say. I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. Real quick, honest. Who says that? Any of them? No, really? Two? Three? Okay, well, at least I'm preaching to somebody. Anytime you want to start throwing the I'm not enough. It is counterproductive of what God's word says. Because God's word says, Psalms 114 says that we need to put a watch over our mouth. Do we need to watch over our mouth? And that's hard for people like me because my mouth runs a lot. So I have to have a big watch. Some of y'all are real quiet. Y'all don't have to watch as much. I got to watch a bunch. But when we put a watch over our mouth, so, so that's what I want us to do. I want us to do Psalms 114. I want us to put a watch over our mouth. I'm sorry, it's 141.3, not 114. I read that backwards. <clears throat> I want us to put a watch over our mouth. For the next week, I want you to listen to what you say. That's a novel thought, right? To actually listen to the words that come out of your mouth. I want us to listen over what we say. And start figuring out how many times we use the... I'm too tired, I'm too slow, I'm in bad shape, or I'm sick, or I hurt, or I'll never get out of here, I'm never going to be better than this. 
I want you to listen to how many times you use the words I am. I'm always late. I'm never on time. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever, whatever it is. When you use the words I am, they should be building you up and not tearing you down. God said it. I am that I am. Jesus said it. That I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door, the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, and the light, and the vine. I am. So when we say I am, it should be I am a child of God. I am a joint heir with Christ. I am healed. I am filled. I am blessed. I am blessed everywhere that there is. I have God's favor on my life everywhere that I go. <clears throat> now, just because something bad happens don't mean that statement's not true. I mean, Jesus said I'm the light of the world, and they hung him on the cross for it. Just because you're prophesying God's word, or it don't. <clears throat> what we think it's supposed to look like is this, and what it actually looks like is this. It, 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 there's some ups and downs in this. The devil is going to attack you. He's going to come against you. You're going to open your fat mouth and say something you shouldn't. Our goal and job is is to do better job of that. So for the next week, when the words "I am." I need you to watch over them. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to preach your gospel. Father, we thank you and praise you that you sent Jesus to die for us, Father, and that we have his salvation. And we just give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.